Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome. It is Wednesday, January 13th. Welcome to the Ohio Podcast. Brandon and Craig are here. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good, good. Good, all right. Kind of a weird morning. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. We haven't had too much cold weather. We had like a couple days of like snow. Uh, what was it, about a month or so ago? But it's been kind of mild outside. Um, I, I was hearing rumors of a vortex coming. But it was like 30s this weekend, which isn't bad. No. Are, are, we, still, are we still in Ohio, Brandon? It doesn't feel like we're in Ohio anymore. I was telling my wife the other day, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take this kind of winter. You know, it's yeah. cold, but I'll take it. Usually, we've had a couple straight winters. And sometimes, like, I've made a move in January where we had, like, as soon as January 1 hits, it was, like, 20 below. It was, like, crazy. So it's kind of nervous thinking, man, this winter's been kind of mild. January 1st is going to be crazy. It really hasn't been. So I'm – and it helps when you're at home. When you're working from home, it doesn't matter as much. You know, it's nice. You know, it could be 50 inches of snow outside, but you're still good. You're still cozy. So my wife's probably hearing this to get mad because she goes <laughs> to work every day. But, hey, oh, well. <laughs> I, I lucked out. It was good. So, yeah, lots of stuff happening today with the Ohioan. Um, first thing I wanted to address, um, Adam Coy, um, so awful, sad that we're dealing with multiple, um, killings of unarmed black men by police, but we are here in Columbus. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, there was an incident where police were called to a home in Columbus. Uh, it was a noise complaint. So they get there, somebody walks out of the garage, they had a, a phone, pretty much, that was lit up, which makes sense. It was one thirty in the morning, and without asking, the guy was shot. It turned out to be a 47-year-old man. Again, it was a phone, and he, he had his hand in his pocket. Who knows what was in his pocket, and it turned out not to be a gun. And a lot of questions rose over, is that justified, is that not? And they're still trying to investigate that. I think it's kind of crazy how we haven't had a true answer on that. Now, the police officer involved, Adam Croy, was fired um, based on the fact he didn't have his um, body camera on. So, yeah, I mean, at least firing was good. Uh, a little sad that the investigation has gone 
more than that overall, but we are getting information from the police and the courts, public records, and they're not that good. Um, there was a story yesterday from Columbus Dispatch talking about there was a big uh, dump of information, and the information is not good. The guy had 90, count them, 90 infractions of just improper you know, imp- inappropriate reactions uh, to people. And we've talked about this before. Um, Brandon, I guess we'll start with you. Obviously, the answer for why nothing was being done was because, you know, these police unions are, are way too strong. But I- I'm trying to figure out what's it going to take for people to start realizing, saying, hey, you know, 90 complaints, something needs to happen here. I mean, do you think that with all these incidents of the past couple of years, something might change where attitudes are going to change to how police are being treated here? I mean, there probably could be some change of like, um, I would, you would hope, depending on, it just depends on how long that change comes into place. Um, I mean, and then of course the 90 to complaints number, that's a number that does seem to raise eyebrows, but you know, how, which, which complaints are, very legitimate, very concerning, and then which ones are where someone's, you know, just really ticked off and wants to complain. Um, I do think that kind of um, um, scrutiny is is at least at, it asked for about the number, but um, but that's all I got to say. Really, is um, um, you know, um, kind of what are what are what would the parameters look like? Um, kind of how how mu- how much. Um, how lenient is the system right now? Um, it seems like there's, because it does seem to be an issue. It, does, it definitely does just because of the outcome. But, um, so, um, but I don't know if, um, if, um, uh, if, if this is the best way to go forward on, um, on police, when it comes to police reform of just kind of trying to look at this from as a personnel matter. Um, I don't know if there's other more other forces out systemic forces out there that also need to be addressed first, but um, that's where my mind's at right now. I, I wonder if there could be like a combination because police works different than like what we do in journalism. But I always think about it and say, you're right. I mean, Brent, Brent, you and I had a shared job where some people in the community complained about me and I, I quickly found out it wasn't anything I did. They were just frustrated that, that we were actually covering them and writing hard news stories. And, you know, people would just complain to try to get me out of there and everything. Um, so, yeah, you're right. And especially in the police work, just because it's a complaint doesn't mean it's legitimate. But I, I kind of wonder if you're having complaints about you. And, and take off the police shoes. If it's journalism or anything else, something should trigger something where you might bring the guy in and let's say 70 of them were fake or 70 of them were just not real complaints. I don't know, Craig, I mean, maybe comparing to journalism is rough, but I, I, I wish there's a way to at least have more conversations with the guy, not necessarily firing the guy, but conversations saying, hey, why are all these people saying something? Is it even your attitudes? Is it something you're doing? And as I asked Craig that, you know, Brandon, you are right. There are other things that can be done with the police. But I'm wondering if this is at least a good first step. I mean, what do you think, Craig? Well, you know, I've covered cops now in Fremont for more than five years. And, you know, you see your fair share of, of 
personnel files and reports and complaints and things like that. And you see some things that are, you know, just unbelievable, like a, an officer once drove off with a gas, uh, you know, a, his gas tank was being filled up. He drove off with the, the hose and, you know, you're hoping when you get reports like that, that that's all you see. But 90 infractions just seems like an incredible amount of, you know, problematic issues. Now, like you said, some of these are, are more than likely maybe false or maybe weren't really, you know, worth a whole lot. But you start to wonder, though, when you have 90 infractions in a personnel file or just levied against an, an officer, you know, what's being done to ensure that this person is getting corrective treat, you know, corrective help. Um, it's it's no different than any other job. You know, if a, if a journalist is struggling, you know, you might get put on some sort of an improvement plan. If, uh, you know, if any profession's struggling, you're probably going to have, you know, an opportunity to get better, but, you know, you might get put on probation in some way. So, you know, you, you kind of wonder if, if there's a certain, you know, if whatever in the, is in their handbook and every police department, sheriff's office is different. They have their own set of rules and their own code of conduct. But you just kind of wonder if even some of these little things might not have added up to a termination or a suspension or, you know, insert some sort of discipline. Why the, the vast amount of them did not add up to something like that. And, you know, basically the, you know, his firing seems to be more geared towards a policy issue of not having his body cam on as opposed to actually, you know, shooting and killing a man when he might probably shouldn't have done that. So, you know, it, it just, it's, it's a sad situation all around, but you just kind of wonder if this person struggled in stressful situations, why there wasn't maybe more done to help them or just say, look, this isn't for you. Yeah. It and Brandon, you, you've been talking, we've agreed about, you know, when you look at defunding the police, you're not talking about taking all the money away. You're saying, how do you rethink the way you police? Like, how do you use maybe more therapists and stuff like that? I, I think kind of just sort of the Adam Coy is a good argument for that. Because I'm wondering if you have like more, you know, therapists, maybe mental health people helping the police on stuff. It's not just for criminals or people that, you know, police are going after. Maybe it's for the police themselves because, you know, in some of these cases, like if this guy had 90 complaints against him, you know, there's stuff going on. You know, police is a tough work. It, it's a stressful work. I mean, I can imagine if I did that, I'd be freaked out and frustrated and everything, which might lead to me doing something wrong. Uh, Brandon, do you think maybe kind of the idea of having more therapists could help the police too? Well, sure. But, um, um, I would say that, um, you know, I mean, I mean, like, is there, like, I don't know, how would it be implemented? I guess that's, uh, I'll leave it to the more experts on that front. Right. Um, you know, I, well, I guess what I was talking about therapists too, is just more about not every, not every police call or every 911 call should be dispatched to police. But um, is there like another unit or something like that, that could address some of these things? I don't know if, it, if maybe, um, did an armed police officer, for instance, need to address a noise complaint at one in the morning? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, what were some other factors that could have been in place to make sure that this didn't happen? Um, it's just how we do policing in America in general might be very different from how they do it in Europe or any other developed nation. But um, we, of course, there's a lot of differences between us. Um, but uh, for ther therapy for 
police officers or they are mental health resources are they do they i'm sure they're always dramatized in police procedurals you know we saw like you know cops shoot someone they go to talk to some uh, psychologist or something that's always fun for the hollywood writers but um is that really the case though um are those kind of resources being made available to them um that but I think the 90 number to get back real quick to that, I would say what I would love to see is like, was that, is that above the average uh, among Columbus right. police officers? Is that above the national average? I, I love to see like a real hardcore to be the, um, what seems to be like, well, not acceptable, but what's like normal, I guess is the quote unquote word for it. But I mean, what seems to be really kind of like, Oh, this is a red flag here. Um, I'm sh- I would, that's something I would like to see. I don't know if it's if it's already been done, but um, that's one question I would have as a reader. Well, I think the interesting thing that would bring up is say everyone had over forty. Does that mean that you know the police is you know very you know they're not doing well because there's all these complaints, or does it mean that it's easy to file a complaint? Like I wonder. Like the article does a great job of going into the detail of some of his worst complaints against them, but I'm kind of wondering. You know, hey, if a police guy looked at me weird at a store that we're both in, and I called to say, hey, this guy was kind of giving me this stink eye and everything, does that constitute a complaint? Or is that more of, hey, chill out. You know, he's having a rough day. You know what I mean? Well, like, like, I'm trying to figure out what, what kind is it everything constitutes a complaint, or is it something that, you know, people say, wow, you know, that person may have a point. You know, I don't know. Well, I'm kind of thinking, too, um, with my dad, my dad was a uh, police chaplain. He did most of his work with the Canton Police Department here in Ohio. And the thing I liked about it was he they put him with officers that were troubled. So, like, I'm not an officer who would necessarily start shooting other people, but even, like, an officer was having trouble with his marriage or an officer that, you know, was in a bad mood or didn't know how to get his emotions right. And, and it was good for the police officers there. And maybe... You know, you have more people like that. Maybe not even chaplains, but people helping the police. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was something that my dad taught me and or showed me in his work. And who knows, it might work. But I think overall, however you want to look at it, stuff needs to be done. And there's more things that need done. I think it's a, it's a good argument for a different approach for policing. It's a good argument for a different approach of giving officers more resources. Um, so... Should be good. Um, other big news uh, from yesterday, uh, this National Guard stuff has been happening. Uh, Columbus Dispatch has a story uh, this weekend, armed protests, which sounds scary. Um, there's some that are being uh, talked about going back to U.S. Capitol, but also various state houses around the country. And in the Washington Post, we picked up a Washington Post story uh, talking about how they were naming different capitals, and Columbus was one of the ones prominently named. And one scheduled for Sunday. And I got to tell you, I'm a little honked off about the whole thing. Um, I have a lot of friends <laughs> that work in the, the Columbus um, paper, and I'm, I'm concerned. Um, you know, obviously, what happened a couple weeks ago in, in the U.S. Capitol was awful. And, you know, we're carving murder the media messages indoors. I'm afraid for safety, and I can tell you behind the scenes, lots of conversations from our editor, lots of conversations with USA editors about how to take care of yourself, how to watch out for yourself, and I don't want to reveal some of our internal practices and, and rules, but 
lots of conversations about that. And I'm, I'm glad we were looking ahead to protect our journalists and everything. But then at the same time, I'm like, what the heck country that we're in where people are going around harming or, or threatening journalists and everything. So my prayers go out to people. Um, we had Rachel Coyle uh, on yesterday. Uh, we'll release a, a podcast hopefully tomorrow uh, where she was worried about people at the Say House. You know, she does work with the Say House and she's like, boy, I, I don't know what's going on this weekend. But um, what I wanted to talk about was at Mike DeWine's press conference yesterday, he talked about instituting the Ohio National Guard, which is kind of scary because my wife has a friend that is at the National Guard that he's going to be with the National Guard this weekend. So, um, what do you think is going to happen this weekend, Brandon? Do you think, um, I mean, I think the bad thing about what happened at the U.S. Capitol was there didn't seem to be a plan in place beforehand. And I think things kind of calmed down to U.S. Capitol once the National Guard were called in. So you think this is a good move to kind of do it beforehand instead of calling them halfway during the protests? Uh, you think this is going to stop things? Or uh, what's your projection for what's going to happen this weekend? I don't think the protest um i don't see any indication they're going to be as intense as they were on the capitol mm -hmm. um the worst case scenario could be as um as the black lives matter protests last year we had and even then i'm i'm skeptical we'll get to that level partly because like i say i feel like um these pro types of protests from pro-trump supporters are directed directly at the uh federal government specifically the uh, in right. Washington D.C., I don't think it's gonna. You know what I mean? Like there was there was a clear, clear. There was an obviously clear uh, path path of what what uh, goal or what they were trying to accomplish in the U.S. Capitol um, right. by storming during the a counting of the electoral votes. Um, you you could have had a very interesting outcome, um, one way or another, depending on did any of the senators or vice president got hurt or not, and how would that affect um, if it led to any fatalities. Thankfully, that did not happen. But um, cap protest in the Capitol, I just don't see there's any real clear objective other than venting and f expressing your frustration and probably you're also at the fa fact that you're unable to go all drive, drive or transport yourself to D.C. to, to yeah. disrupt um, um, an inauguration at that point. Um, so I think it's good, if, though, to be prepared um, just yeah, let's 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 get let's activate the National Guard. Let's get get it going. Get um um you know the Boy Scout model. Be prepared, kind of deal. Um, can't hurt. There is some talk that it may continue, but I think Craig is as Brandon said, it's comforting that um, you know it's in Columbus for one. Well, it's not comforting it's in Columbus, but it's comforting the fact that it's on Sunday. Where, you know, I think one of the scariest things about what happened at the U.S. Capitol was they were getting inside the Capitol when lots of our lawmakers were in there and they were trying to breach the room that they were in. Um, I don't envision hardly anybody at the State House on Sunday. And I know Governor DeWine does a lot of his work from home now in Cedarville. So, yeah, I mean, Brandon raises a good question. What, what are they trying to do by having a protest on Sunday? I mean, you know. The state house, other than being a government agency, I mean, they really don't have anything to do with certification of, you know, Joe Biden. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm all for peaceful protesting and people getting their their, you know, getting their chance to speak their mind. But after what happened last week, you just, you you know, you're cautious about what may happen, and 
you know, like you said, thankfully it is on a Sunday, which doesn't seem like there won't be anybody there to really, you know, be fearful of anything. But, you know, we're calling the National Guard in for a reason at this point. And I think we're, we're better safe than sorry. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that we're proactive about this because in this in this climate, you just don't know. You really just don't know. And when you when you hear about planned events like this, yeah, we always see planned events, you know, like protests, but you just hope that it doesn't turn into a certain direction. And, you know, it, it's scary. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm not down in Columbus, so I don't have to necessarily worry about it. But I know local law officials are, are frightened that, you know, groups of people may, you know, protest or maybe get violent in support of their candidate that didn't win. And, you just you've got a fear for the worst at this point these days because we just it's so unpredictable. I've had some people ask about me. I mean, the office I was working on before I got this job, it, the dispatch is right in front of the state house. I mean, you look right at the state house when you look at it. But honestly, my job right now is work from home. Um, it's highly doubtful that I would ever really work out that office again, let alone be called down there. But I think of. And again, I'm not going to reveal the names. It's, it's not my place. I don't think I should. But, I, you know, I, we got a list of people working there. And I'm nervous for these guys. I'm actually hoping maybe on Monday, I'm not sure if they're going to be up this early, maybe trying to get one of them on the show because I love a firsthand account of what the protest is like. And we hope and pray it's peaceful. And that's my hope. And, you know, honestly, if anybody who's a protester or knows a protester, just keep it calm. If you're doing it on Sunday, thankfully, I don't think you have horrifying attentions. But, you know, say your piece. You know, you're allowed to protest. And, hey, you know, I, I got no problem with you protesting. But just keep it calm, say your piece, and go your separate way. I, I think where it could get bad is if this goes a couple of days, like once we get into the week itself, which there's talk of that. And especially at the U.S. Capitol. I mean, there's reports of people trying to go back there. Again, say your you know, you can protest all you want, keep it safe. And what makes me nervous is anytime we have armed protests. Uh, now, there have been people with guns going to, you know, other protests and to say how, so just because it's armed doesn't mean it's going to end up being violent, but leave your guns at home. I, I mean, I, I understand why having a gun helps. I mean, I, I guess you have a concealed carry, that's your business, but carrying guns to protest just doesn't seem like a smart idea. So. I, I I pray for the best. I get nervous when my colleagues are down there. I um, get nervous. My wife's friend is in the National Guard, and you know you pray for peace. And it's got it's personal uh, because you know people down there, and I, I'm really hoping for the best. So, um, wanted to mention this um, briefly. Uh, you know we're all adults here, and we were talking last week about rhetoric that is scary, like threatening and everything else. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers made some news. First of all, they're my team, and they lost the Cleveland Browns, which I'm still not over. I'm, I'm still, you know, kind of nervous about the whole thing. Um, uh, I, I got to tell you, before I get to the story, Brandon Craig, be proud of me. I'm still hurting over this loss by Rose Story. Uh, for Gannett, Ohio newspapers talking about Baker Mayfield's crazy college game where he um, outpassed Pat Mahomes. It was like a 66-59 game in college football. And look, I did that as a Steelers fan. So I'm not biased. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, 
unbiased media, I'm actually pretty good at that. So be proud of me. But <laughs> I want to bring this up. In the couple days before the Steelers-Browns um, game last week, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, one of the Steelers receivers, made headlines. He said, the Browns is the Browns. They're not going to get any better. They're going to screw up because of the Browns. Well, the Browns kind of took that as motivation, and I think that fired them up. That was part of the reason why they won. Well, yesterday, um, not a podcast, uh, Chase Claypool, a really good rookie receiver for them, um, he was on like an Instagram live where he was just answering questions, playing video games, doing all that other stuff. And somebody asked him about the Browns, and he said, well, they got lucky. You know, we had a bad game. They're going to get clapped by the Chiefs, you know, kind of saying, hey, this weekend the Browns are going to meet their doom. A lot of controversy over this. And, Brandon, I'll start with you. I would be upset if these guys were kind of saying – horrible things about each other's race or threatening each other, saying we're going to kill each other at night. We're all adults. Now, these guys are in their, you know, low 20s. You know, maybe they're not as mature as other people. But what's wrong with just expressing frustration, saying, hey, you're going to get beat over the weekend? I mean, I don't see why this is such a controversy. Uh, I mean, it's just good, good uh, click, clickbait kind of fodder. Um, I would... I, I don't know if it's really controversial, like, oh, how dare you, but um, I don't, though, I think, I guess a lot of people are kind of scrutinizing, like, um, you know, our clip, um, um, you know, making their, their retorts back at, at him um, over social media. Um, I think some people said, well, you still lost, <laughs> um, yeah. even if they lose to the Chiefs, but I don't know. Usually, whenever Ohio State loses, loses to a team um we always like to say and if they go that team goes on to win championships or whatever we always like to say we lost to the champions i mean that's usually the best mindset you can have is well we lost to the champions like you know what can you do but um um it's funny to kind of kind of this is the reverse like uh this team we just we 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 just had a bad game and um weren't lucky and the hopeful those that team will will collapse. So it's, I guess that speaks speaks a lot to the Steelers-Browns rivalry. Right. And again, I'm biased from the Steelers fan, so I'm not defending Chase Clipple. I think it was kind of a silly comment to make. But, you know, like I was surprised. After the Browns game, there were reports of the Browns team was screaming, the Browns is the Browns, the Browns is the Browns. There were interviews after the game seeming that that really fired them up. And I'm sitting here like, you're a professional athlete. You're making a lot of money for what you're doing. If you don't play well, you may not be a professional athlete anymore. Does it take trash talk to motivate you? I mean, you should be motivated. I, I mean, I guess there's no other reason for that big paycheck or something. It, it seemed weird. And, and maybe it's because the Browns have been so down for so long and they were bad for so long. Or I don't know, Craig. Uh, I, I mean, I think you got to be motivated by more than just some goofy receiver saying goofy stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, I think it, it's not that they're not motivated. I mean, they're obviously motivated. They want to win. You know, most of these guys play this game because they want to win a championship. And I think in this case, it just gives them an extra little added incentive and chip on their shoulder. I think, you know, as a professional athlete, you're the best of the best. And when you have other best of the best athletes saying that, well, you is who you is, I think it just gives you a little bit of a chip on your shoulder that you want to go out and prove that, you aren't that team anymore, that you aren't that Browns team that can't beat the Steelers. You aren't that 
that Browns team that barely beat the backup Steelers the week before. And, you know, yeah, there, there shouldn't really be a need for extra motivation when you're playing this game to, and getting paid, you know, millions of dollars in some cases. But, you know, again, I've always thought, you know, why even give that bulletin board material to begin with? What Chase Claypool said here on TikTok saying that they're going to get clapped by this, the Chiefs is his honest opinion. Obviously, he's probably still a little salty about the loss, but he believes the Chiefs are going to beat the Browns. And you know what? Who cares? I, you yeah. know, it will it motivate the Browns? Maybe, but I don't. I don't really think what he said was a big deal. And you know, it's not the politically correct thing to say, I guess, when you talk about athletes and you know they always get interviewed and you know you always want them to say certain things and and then when they say those certain politically correct things you get mad that they're not truthful and he's just being truthful he's a young guy he's coming off of a of an upset loss that he's probably still can't believe and probably will never believe and he just said what he said so i don't i don't think it's a big deal if the browns want to use it as motivation to take it into next week against the chiefs then then great go you know go for go for it but I don't think what he said was bad, and I don't believe that he should be like you know vilified for saying he thinks the team's going to get beat because, you know, there might be way more than one person that thinks the Chiefs are going to clap the Browns. Yeah, the only thing I guess I think that it would be bad would be you know you always talk about not burning down bridges, so I, I guess, but, but I don't think this means the Browns would never sign Chase Claypool in the future because their tech piece he said something weird. I don't know. Do you see that in journals of brain? Have you seen? I, I mean, I guess where we worked together, we had some of a rivalry with other publications, but there was never trash talking. We weren't like trash talking the pub on on Twitter or anything, right? <laughs> Depends on what outlet you write for. Right. I remember it can get a little, little, little frustratish, little frustration up in Youngstown back when the Vindicator was still active. Well, so, I, um, I forgot. Yeah. I think you were still there, and we're, we're not going to bring up names because I don't want to burn any bridges, but wasn't there a time where a competitive ours, when they were talking to the mayor of the town that we were covering, they were putting in quotes about the mayor talking about our publication? Were you there? I think you were there at that time. Yeah, and you know, and, and I, I disagree with you back then um, because of uh, – um, um, he. I don't think the writer, he he didn't do, added that quote in um, – yeah, with malice, he was just quoting what the mayor was telling. Oh, him. yeah, it, it, it had some contextual meaning or whatever. And well, yeah, I, I know that really got a new skin. <laughs> well, I was upset because the mayor at the time used our used our name. You, you know what I mean? And you you know the reporter from the other publication became the unintended source of my anger or uh, target of my anger. I mean, you're right. I mean, it was it wasn't more like, as a reporter. It wasn't it was more like the situation. I don't. I mean, the quote was fine because it was about you know the the, the city was creating a, a public information officer right. and well you know we can't rely on on this publication to, to get our our message out so uh, that there um, but I remember those are the days Brandon <laughs> what what a time we had well let's go back it'll be great <laughs> yeah exactly um, I just remember up in there was some fierce rivalry between uh, the Vindicator and uh, WKBN and. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think it got even into print a little bit about um, um, over in terms of uh, of um, how because editor in chief wrote a night wrote a very uh, uh, 
a spiky column <laughs> just about 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 his uh, about the kind of the feud with WKBN over over who got to the story first. Mostly, that's kind of like where it came from. So, um, um, and there will be some snark thrown at via Twitter. So, um, like I said, it depends on the outlet you you um, um, you operate from. Um, but um, yeah. Dispatches sounds like doesn't sound like that kind of publication though, from what well, I've seen. It's happened against the here, here at the dispatch a couple times. The latest thing I remember, uh, our columnist um, was writing a story. I think it was kind of about his concerns with the police or something, and it was funny because a all weekly paper. I I don't even know the name. I mean, I'm not trying not to say the name. I don't even know the name. They tweeted that. Well, we wrote about this a couple days ago. You know, you're taking our idea, you know, because uh, Ted was trying to make the same point as this alternative weekly columnist was. But it was funny because Ted's report was, hey, I've been here for so long and, and I've covered this issue for the past 20 years or however long it's been with the paper. Where have you been? So it, that snark happens a little bit. Um, I think it's more of individual Twitter accounts. It's not you know, the pub's Twitter yeah. account that says that. It, it, it will also come down to, you know, journalists will call, I have seen it where some journal, local central hot journalists will call out if their stories are erroneously being taken um, right. by radio or away whatever. from them. By, by yeah, by our, some smaller publication. We have a couple uh, new, new startups coming out and um, not no credit being given to them. I think that's right. really kind of like where I've seen a little bit of the angst. I forget about that, but yeah, like, uh, hey, give me credit. <laughs> that's all I asked for. Um, understandable. Well, I gotta say, at least I didn't take that to the Twitter sphere. But if you were twittering my conversations at times, you know, back to what our shared experience, Brandon. Yeah, it would be quite the Twitter account if I actually <laughs> tweeted out some of the <laughs> negative stuff I said once that article was published about. Uh, the paper brand that I worked for at the time. It, it was fun. So good, good <laughs> days were had by all. So, yeah. And, and you know, and in the Chase Claypool situation, Chase Claypool tweeted. It wasn't like the Steelers account tweeted or anything else. It, it's kind of fun back and forth. It's silly talk. I, I, I'm, yeah, Chase Claypool probably needs to calm down a little bit, but it's not a big deal. Um, so. Uh, good luck to the Browns on Sunday. I'm not necessarily going to be rooting for the Browns, but it, it does pique my interest. You know, not that I, I'm going to watch part of the game. I'm not going to watch the whole game. You know, one of the good things about my team being out of playoffs is I don't have to worry about the playoffs anymore. <laughs> I need to try to get to more better stuff. I don't know. Check out what else is on Hulu or something. I don't know. All right. I um, wanted to talk about this, and I'm a little skeptical of talking about this last story because we're quickly becoming the chicken podcast, and Although I like talking about fun stories, we shouldn't talk about chicken as much as we do. But there was a fun story out there. Um, the chicken wars are, are going to be a big deal. And Kentucky Fried Chicken, they have a new chicken sandwich. And I saw the headline, I'm like, eh, who cares? You know, what can you do with chicken? But, Brandon, quarter-pound chicken. Um, apparently, that's bigger than your other chicken sandwiches. Um, I, I'm not sure if you eat chicken with your diet or not, but does this sound appealing at all? I mean, that is like <laughs> after like you know trying to compete on flavor and seasoning. Now it's like the last thing you that hasn't been um, thought of as size of the chicken. <laughs> so 
That is that is like a kind of seems seems a little unique. Well, and I'm kind of wondering too, what is the um how big is the other chicken sandwich? Like if you go to Chick-fil-A, is it, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a quarter pound. Is it a lot less? I mean, I wonder how bigger the quarter pounder is than other chicken sandwiches out there. It certainly doesn't seem like the, I don't think the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich is that big as, you know, it's, it's hard to know in relation to what, you know, the quarter pound is. I, that's a big piece of chicken. Uh, KFC really, you know, swinging for the fences. I just, I just hope we don't have to roll out the National Guard for the for the chicken wars at this point. I mean, it. Uh, well, it's possible. It seems I mean, like blood blood is going to be shed, and it's not just the chicken because these uh, these companies are really just whatever for whatever reason. Chicken is the is the name of the game. I don't know if it's just because of the the profit margin. It's it's cheaper to to make chicken, and then it's you can sell it for more now and. But it's 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 unique. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to try it. I, I like KFC, so I'll try the the chicken sandwich here, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, good thing we don't have a healthcare plan in this podcast, Craig. Because if you try too many of these, you, right. you might you might be hitting up our, our healthcare plan because yeah. it, it's not just quarter pounder; it's double breaded. Yeah, which can't be good in the heart, right? Well, we might have to strengthen our teeth here to get through this uh, this thick breading that they have on there. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a fan, I'm assuming it's going to continue the, the secret recipe here for KFC. If you're a KFC fan, I think you, you probably would try it. I mean, you know, unless you just like chicken off the bone, but can't imagine someone not, not trying if they're a KFC fan. Well, Brandon Craig's excited about the quarter pound, the double breaded, lots more to eat. And Brandon, what do you think about this? It also has new, thicker, crinkle-cut pickles. So not just you have more chicken, more breading to get through, but you got bigger pickles. To eat. Everything's bigger. Is this exciting to you? Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I never, I don't. Sounds like a good topping for sandwiches. Usually, people order them without them. Like, oh, no pickles. Like, I, it's right. like they have like this hate thing. So I don't know if, um, um, if that's gonna resonate with consumers i guess they it still does because they still keep adding them on sandwiches and whatnot but um yeah, yeah. i'm sure you, you can always get without the pickle but you, i look at it, it's more filling you, you know if you put more toppings on it it's more filling it's good um yeah i'm i'm intrigued um 3.99 is the suggested price oh it, it's also for combo meal Secret recipe fries are these new? I haven't heard about secret recipe. Fries. Yeah, they they instituted fries here. They they put that on their menu. Like I don't know if it was just a few months ago, but yeah, they've uh, they're very new. They're relatively new. So um, KFC's really, I think they're trying to like gear towards more of the fast food, like the traditional fast food that you see. Because you know, if you go to another like a Chick Fil A or if you go to Popeyes or whatever, you're going to get something pretty quick. And I think they're they're trying to maybe compete with that along with all the other places because you know traditionally, yeah, they have stuff that's pre-made, but sometimes you might have to wait if they're making fresh chicken things like that. So, but I think they're trying to offer uh, you know more things than just mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese and all those other sides. And you know, it's a it's a nice competition point for them to to maybe go out and say, well, we have the the traditional burger and fries that you would get, you know, just chicken. What's the secret recipe though? Well, I think I'm it's just the bread, you know, like how they, you know, the seasonings that they put on the fries, you know, maybe much like what you have with 
rallies or whatever, you know, it's a, a season fry. Brandon, good news. Um, I'm looking at the map of where these are. Cleveland Avenue in Columbus has these chicken sandwiches. Brandon, are we going today? <laughs> uh, it's too cold outside. <laughs> yes. Well, warm what? up with a quarter pound piece of chicken, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quarter pound piece of bread and chicken. Yeah. I, I mean, the quarter pound them in, the double breaded kind of makes me nervous. And yeah, I don't eat the healthiest food. It's not that. It's just double bread just doesn't sound good. Yeah. You need an appropriate amount of breading. You don't want to overbread. Now, Brandon, we're going to make Craig very upset here, but I'm checking also around Fremont, and there's no chicken sandwiches in Fremont. Oh, boy. It's going to be a long wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, you Tell know, them we were... that's where Ruther B. Hayes <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, did a lot, uh, spent a lot of his time around in his life. So, you know, honor the honor of presidential. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when it rolls out in Fremont, we could host it at the, the Hayes Library or something. You know, we can, you know, unveil yeah. the sandwich. On some of my serious note, I, I'm part of a project at work, Healing Ohio, which talks about the rural versus urban divide. And our work's doing some, you know, serious presentations about the politics of that. But I'm kind of wondering on the semi serious nature of it, maybe the rural urban divide is who's getting these new chicken sandwiches or not. You know what I mean, Brandon? Well, Columbus has always been known as the test market right. for for new food items for fast food places for a long time. I mean, I think McDonald's like had um, some of some of those sandwiches. Some of their anytime they had a new product, it was definitely in Columbus, but you couldn't find it anywhere else if you would <laughs> travel outside of uh, the city. Probably, be like, what's going on here? But yeah, you know, we're doing this on video, and you can see Craig's face. I mean, you know, Craig's disappointed. I'm dejected uh, at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's more in a rural area of Ohio, and yeah. you know, the urban area is getting all this new food and new double bread stuff. How dare you? Rural, yeah, the rural doesn't, and I, maybe I should bring up a word saying, "Yeah, let's talk politics." There's definitely a problem there, but let's talk the new food rollouts, and who knows that may really unify Ohio. You talk about the divide. This is this is the division that we're talking about in this country. Is you know we can't get chicken sandwiches before Columbus. You know it's ridiculous. Yes, definitely. Well, I've read enough stories in, in the Fremont publication where people are getting upset when they say we need a whatever. I mean, I've read that story about you know five ten times from your publication where people yeah. are upset because you don't have a what's the latest restaurant up there? People, we're getting are, we're going to be getting a Chipotle. Um, a Chipotle. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, believe me, you get on some of the Facebook, you know, pages and things like that in Fremont, you're going to see a lot of people wondering why we don't have like a Golden Corral or a Chick Fil A, and you know, Chipotle was one of those uh, those stores that uh, they really, really wanted in Fremont, and they, you know, they're coming to Fremont, which is a pleasant surprise for many people. It's like, oh, Chipotle's coming in finally when. Um when it's lost all of its luster from perceptual. <laughs> Everybody else has it and, you know, is tired of it or whatever. And we're, but well, it's going to be very popular. It's going to be very popular in that in Fremont. No question about it. Do you think Brandon, we have the opposite problem. We have too much of this stuff. I mean, I don't mean to make Craig feel bad, but we almost trip over Chipotle's down here and Wendy's and McDonald's. I mean, are, are we too biased the other way? Oh, possibly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options down here, but that makes sense. We're in a city and, you know, kind of 
build it where the people are, I suppose. But then yeah. we also like then now now we we've moved on from the chains. We now like our local local mom and pop shops. So right. we, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Fremont yeah. has too. Well, you know, it's I think you know it's a problem when you have too much when people say, Well, let's go to that one because the other one's not as good or the customer service at this McDonald's or Burger King is better than the one down the road or whatever. Uh-huh. That's when I think you know you have sort of an issue. But then again, you know, Fremont, as small as we are with, you know, 16,000 people in the city, uh, we still have two McDonald's. We have two Burger Kings. We have two Pizza Huts. One is a Pizza Hut Express. We have two Pizza Huts in Fremont, which is, you know, if you're a Pizza Hut fan, that's pretty cool. But, you know, it's kind of surprised when they're within like, you know, three and a half miles of each other. But you have two major highways that, you know, major highways that kind of intersect through and, you know, people still think that, you know, you got the one end of town and the other end of town. So, you know, we have two of everything, it seems like, even in a small city like that. Well, we weren't attacking Fremont, but it's good that Craig's defending Fremont because yeah. I don't want to read Fremont first later today and have them post a video of his podcast going, yeah. uh, news messenger reporter rips our city and <laughs> oh, no, podcast or something. I love yeah. Fremont. I love Fremont. And they're, you know, they're, and like Brandon said, there are a lot of, uh, smaller mom and pop places that are just incredible eats and, and places that you can find. We have anything from really good Southern style barbecue to, you know, greasy spoon diners. So, so Fremont, Fremont's got more than just the, the chain stuff. And I think a lot of people respond to that. Very good. Hey, we went short lot yesterday, so I don't want to go too long today, but I've been meaning to bring this up. I forgot to mention this to you guys. This really is an Ohioan story. Um, have you guys checked out any of the other NFL playoff games this weekend? I haven't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of them. I'm not, you know, I haven't really looked too much into them. But, yeah, I mean, I know what's going on. I, I caught, like, a minute or two of some of the other games. Uh, the one game that sparked a lot of interest was the Bears-Saints, not because it, it was a horrible game. I mean, I'm not really sure why the Bears were in the playoffs. But did you guys hear that Nickelodeon broadcasted the game, was one of the broadcasts? Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it, actually. Did you see this, Brandon? Okay, this makes sense because I was on Twitter and someone uh, made a joke like, well, Nickelodeon should go for MLS TV rights. And I was like, I need context here. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let me show it. A little nervous to show some of this on, um, but we're more of an audio podcast. And, hey, we're doing this. All credit goes to Nickelodeon. Uh, interesting idea. But let me show at least you guys here because I just want to guys get your opinion about this. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They had animated slime cannons during the game. There it is, right there, slime. Good thing they didn't have to clean it up off the field, you know. Yeah, it, it was cartoon slime. Yeah, uh, Brandon, I know you're not a huge NFL fan, which is fine. Does that make it more interesting? I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> who, who's, who's trying to appeal to? 
Well, the one thing I was trying to figure out, and, and I, I won't risk copyright infractions. We're going to play more of that. But it was interesting because they were trying to make it appeal to kids. So I, I heard other clips of YouTube of the broadcast where they're really saying, okay, this is what this thing means and everything else. But I'm thinking if your kid, like I always loved the NFL. I, I started watching the NFL at seven. And I didn't need a Nickelodeon broadcast to understand the NFL. I had my dad there. And, you know, like I was peppering my dad with questions and he would patiently answer them and everything. Uh, but, yeah, the slime thing, animation, obviously they weren't really dumping slime out in the field. I don't know. It, it, some parts I liked about it, some parts I wasn't sure. Uh, let me pull this up, though, because this I thought was really weird. I thought this was fake afterwards, but after the game, and again, this really happened. Um, Sean Payton is the coach of the New Orleans Saints, and they talked to him after the game with Nickelodeon, and here's what they did. So yeah, a bucket of slime for the uh, winning coach, and he said that he would he would take the slime if he won. So he was a man of his word. Um, Brandon, for so long, the NFL is a no fun league. Like you weren't allowed to dance, uh, you weren't allowed to do everything. Where have we come to where the NFL head coach of a winning team, and this isn't just a preseason game or a game for fun, or they weren't playing poker in the back you know, during summer practices, they won a playoff game, and the guys sitting there agreeing to be slimed. What's what's happened to the NFL? Overcorrection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, have, they have now gone. I don't know. I think it's interesting, like, um, context here is there was, like, this lower league soccer team that came out with a press release saying, oh, we're changing our name from the New Jer Jersey Teamsters with an S to New Jersey Teamsters with a Z. And we're doing this uh, to appeal to the Generation Z crowd. <laughs> it was, it was like everyone made just like ripped them for, for um, just being so blunt about why they did the rebrand. Uh, I think I bring it up because I just feel like this is the same kind of principle of we're trying to appeal to this young generation, but um, in a very, very I don't know if it's a unique way, but just a very unorthodox way here that's what screams out to me i don't know if if but i feel like i'm scared like you know would young nfl fans come to expect nickelodeon style broadcast um yeah i don't want every coach to be slimed yeah i think it would be cooler if they came up with like the virtual dad you know like because for me i never really probably got into sports really is because my i didn't live with my dad when i grew up i my dad was um over in, in some another state. He had to be at least in one one state away from me. So whether it was in the West Coast or in New Virginia, um, which is fine. But um, I didn't have anyone to really kind of ask my que ask questions about sports. Um, so never really got into it at this age. I'm now I'm now into uh, soccer and I've kind of had to learn it on my own, learn learn the rules, and <clears throat> enjoy the coverage. So um, and you know, so, maybe so in college. Nick, Nick could provide that service, right? You know, you know what I thought I would like. I would say, you know, yeah, have someone come and explain the rules. You know, at halftime, you know, hey kids, this is what happened here. This is the strategies, like, you know, you know, or like bring kids on to ask questions. 
you know, like in a pre-made video. I, I feel like that would be more more insightful rather than <laughs> than all this pageantry. What well, well, Craig, I was going to ask you, um, you're a Detroit Lions fan. They don't have a head coach now. Right. Do you think one of the questions, I'm sure they're going to be asking about your offensive strategy and your defensive strategy. Do you think a question that needs to be asked in the interview is, will you agree to be slimed if you, you guys are featured on a future Nick game? Well, I tell and you what. No, then, hey, you're out of here, buddy. We're yeah. not going to hire you as a coach. I will support my coach getting slimed if he agrees to get slimed in a playoff game that they win because that would, A, mean the Lions make the playoffs, and B, means they win. I'm going to disagree with both of you here. I like this. Now, I didn't watch the entire broadcast in the Nickelodeon form, and you know some of it's probably a little bit too much, and I, and I agree it's the overcorrection maybe a little bit, but I will say this. For it being a simulcast game on a different network where you could go and watch the normal CBS televised game, this worked. Now, there are some aspects of it that probably didn't, which, you know, one of which was the fact that someone said an F-bomb really loud during the game, and yeah, obviously Nickelodeon, that, that yeah. got across on Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon has the same, you know, was using the same stuff as CBS was. But I will say this. <clears throat> They're trying to appeal to the younger audience, and I know that you might say, well, you can learn the game from your, your mom or your dad or just by watching it, but they're they're trying to... I think cut through some of the violence a little bit and, and, you know, have fun with it and be, you know, a little bit more understanding that the, it's a violent game, but they're also saying that it can be fun and Nickelodeon, by the way, from, from the reports I saw, this was their highest rated show in four years. So, but it's the NFL too. I mean, and, and but, but again, it's, you know, when you're asking kids to watch programming, they, they chose this program to watch. And I will say this too. The fact that it was the Nickelodeon telecast over, was, was the override graphics on this game, which was probably the most boring playoff game of the weekend and maybe of the last few years. Not bad uh, to have this, uh, you know, extra added incentive of, you know, like I, I remember young Sheldon, the actor from young Sheldon, uh, you know, discussed what a false start was, things like that. And I, I just think it was a fun, whimsical take. And you know what? It's something that I think we'll see again because the ratings were were good for Nickelodeon. And I think that, you know, in a in a sport that's becoming increasingly violent and you're hearing more about the the injuries associated with that sport, the head injuries, having it being able to appeal to kids this way, probably not gonna hurt your your chances of making sure that you grow your audience. And when those kids grow up, they can watch the CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN broadcast and, and know that, you know, that one point in time they saw, they saw, you know, fake Nickelodeon slime coming into the end zone. So, well, I got to say, it was an awful playoff game. Again, who would, unless you're in Chicago, who would watch the Bears in the playoffs? That just didn't sound appealing at all. So, so I guess it was okay. Um, I mean, it's better than nothing. I, I, I don't know. Brian, I'm going to say something really controversial. The Steelers are awful, and they did well enough to get kind of into the game, and there's a small chance they could have come back. They blew it, but they, they were actually in the game for a while. If I had the gift, and I'm not sure if God really cares about football games, then, but let's say Angel or the football Angel or whatever appeared to me and said, Chris, 
I'm going to let you know that your team will come back and win the game and beat the Browns. You won't be embarrassed all week and humiliated with your just your head hung low if you would agree to allow us to slime Coach Mike Tomlin after the game. I would look at that football angel or football god or whatever it is in the face and say, I'm good. Browns win. I, I I don't know if I could take Mike Tomlin being slimed uh, because I, I I Mike Tomlin's a tough guy. I've known Mike. Oh, I, I don't know him personally, but I've seen him coach the Steelers for many years. I, I, I would lose all respect for Mike Tomlin to watch him sitting there getting slimed. I don't know. I, would you feel that way like, about the crew? Let's say a year ago they said, "Hey, if the crew would win the MLS Cup the year before, if their whole team would get slimed, would that be appealing to you?" Like if the MLS Cup was a Nickelodeon. I'm an adult now, so no. Yeah. (laughs) It would be very good. It It was much more fun to see the players uh, um, spray champagne on their coach and come in during the middle of the press conference. It was more entertaining. On the coach, yeah. Or hit each other whipped cream pies or whatever else the case would be. Ten-year-old me might say, yes, bring on the green slime. Maybe if they have a, you know, <clears throat> CBS has the Super Bowl this year, so maybe if they do a uh, a Nickelodeon simulcast, maybe they can have, you know, a champagne bottle that has slime in it. That's you know maybe just like a bubbly oh. slime, and and one lucky unsuspecting you know player <laughs> lucky, winning yeah. team opens it up, and then that's the one you know Nickelodeon tie-in is that they one person gets the slime bath that just is unsuspecting and then the rest of it's just the, the normal champagne. But I don't know. I think, I think we're being a little hard on, it wasn't the main broadcast. It was for fun. It actually did good ratings. People seem to respond to it pretty well. I think, you know, there's, there's maybe a future with it. Not every, I don't want it to be every game, but you know what? It was harmless to me. And and you know what, if you didn't like it, you could click and go to the, the regular game and of course, yeah. And, and, and watch like, one of the worst playoff games you may ever see with the Bears oh. and the Saints. It was just a horrendous game. So maybe maybe it was it was apropos that the Nickelodeon game was able to, you know, sort of spice up that just atrocity of football. But uh, I don't know. I think people were a little hard on it. If you're, if you're and, and you know what, I will say this. I, I'm, I'm sure Mike Tomlin might have children. I guarantee Big Bad Mike Tomlin has watched Baby Shark at some point in his life. Okay, or he's watched. <laughs> Sesame Street or something. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, getting slimed as after a football game is the same, but you know, these tough guys can sometimes get broken down pretty quickly when it comes to kids. But it's different what Mike Tomlin does in the privacy of his own home. Sure. Like I mean it would be like after a game him dancing with Baby Shark. You know, like <laughs> you know, like they come to the press conference and Mike's yelling Baby right. Shark to do you know. But you I, wonder I, I, though, I think Mike Tomlin would take the slime bath knowing he could win a playoff game. I think he would. Again, I think a lot of coaches would take If this I step. was given the option to say the Steelers are having some miraculous comeback and you'll be happy this week, again, I'd say, you know, Browns can win this year. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'd rather be miserable for a week. And you had me with your last discussion, Craig, until you said, like, and talk about the Super Bowl, one lucky player will get the slime bath. <laughs> well, and, okay, if you win the second player. Or maybe the unluckiest player. Because if I win the Super Bowl, I'm running into the locker room, I can get that champagne, and I'm not sitting there going, man, maybe I'm that lucky guy that gets a slime part of me. I hope I'm that guy. Or you're trying to open it, hoping it's going to like 
And yeah, then, well, you know, you mix in some green, you know, slimy green with with some of the champagne and mix it up, and then boom, you got green champagne. But what if? Okay, maybe instead of the okay, champagne, I would sue if I was that player. Well, I wouldn't be like, "Woo, this is great." I'd be like, <laughs> I would file lawsuits. Okay, but what if instead of the champagne, they go with green slime in the Gatorade bucket? Gatorade bath of slime instead of Gatorade after the win. Oh it man, sounds, it's so unappealing. Here, here's why I think. And, and you know, I'm not into slime. I think it's weird to see, see people getting slimed. But it, 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 Craig seems to really want to slime. He's like, man, <laughs> I'm not advocating give me some slime in the slime. Super Bowl. I'm going to be much more interested. Okay, here, you're, I'm with you if we do this. What if we have an MVP of the winning team? You know, they get the car or whatever else. How about the least valuable player of the losing team has to take the slime? Because this is a humiliating thing. And, you know, that way, even if you're a fan of a losing team in the Super Bowl, you're like, yeah, that guy sucks. You know, take that slime, you jerk. Brad, would you be behind that? I, um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to see that, but I guess it's the only way it would be okay. That goes I mean, back to that motivation we were talking about with do you need to be motivated to, you know, I, oh. this motivation to not be the slime player, I guess. This is this is this is what we need to do. Like whenever, whenever the Jets or whatever your insert your worst NFL team loses this regular season, doesn't qualify for players. Oh yeah, they all have to get slimed, just yeah. like in, on in uh, in a public uh, on pub in the public or eyesight or you know that that there will give motivation for the regular season. Then yeah. bad teams are not rewarded anymore for for dunking or tanking the season. So. Yeah, but um, it's got to be humiliating. It can't be like, yeah, you won. Here's some slime for you. Gotta be work. Oh, my gosh. Well, and, and I hate to be critical of body types or whatever because, hey, I, I could stand to lose some more weight. But can you imagine, like, Andy Reid, the coach of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, is a huge man. I, how much do you think he weighs, Craig? Probably a 400 he maybe? Lost, or... He lost some weight. He uh, He's okay. a little more spelt than he used to be, yeah. But, yeah. I, I can I can down just, to three fifty or I, yeah I just picture him kind of though with like slime in his mustache though you know what I mean like that's yes. how would, that would be the comedy of errors for Andy Reid getting slimed as it gets in his mustache or something. Hey, where, oh, hey, where, I, oh no, I'm just wondering dude, with the whole idea of coaches getting you know when the winning coaches it's the winning coach that's got to get dunked on like do you think they uh, go out of their way while, um, to buy wardrobe just for this special occasion. Like, what kind of wardrobe? I want to look nice, but um, be willing to let get destroyed, or the dry cleaner will hate me when I bring it in the next day. <laughs> and I wonder how much Sean Payton's getting paid because you're, they're they're all like, you know, Sean Payton was gracious enough to take the slime bath. <laughs> Bull crap. Sean Payton's like, how much money are you going to pay me? hundred uh, G? Uh, okay, maybe I'll do that. Now, have hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah, Sean Payne got a little extra check for being slimed. He didn't do that because he's such a great guy. Hey, I'm not yelling at Sean Payton. I, I, why would you do that? You know, I mean, heck, if I was a guy, I would be yelling about that. So, sorry, I'm getting attacked by my dog here. He's, uh, he's, he, we're talking about slime, and he's like, let's watch some Nickelodeon. I think so. He's, it's, he's it's, ready to watch. Dog. Right. There he, he is. Right here. He's critical of your idea, uh, Craig. We, That's EJ. Your, your dog is welcome, Craig. Yeah, it, it was not as bad as Chris's dog when we were yes. interviewing the presidential candidate. Yes. Well, he, he, when he when he gets a little antsy and wants attention, yes. he starts to meerkat. He st he stands up on his hind legs, and if you don't 
do anything with him. He gets pretty antsy, so he starts groaning and moaning. So he's, he's joined the show as a guest here, I think. Our show is how wild history of pets on the show, especially with libertarian candidates, Brandon. I think we had for we had the libertarian presidential candidate, my cat meowed. No, it was my dog. My dog was a libertarian presidential candidate, and then my cat got stuck in the room during the vice presidential interview we did, and lots of comments. <clears throat> it got really good reviews, good good ratings, but lots of comments on both of those about my cat and dog. It was just rough. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks. Thank you for sticking around and talking about slime. I wasn't sure if I wanted to bring up. I thought it was a good conversation. You know, Brandon, I think we learned more about Craig. I mean, obviously, you know, we bring Craig in. And, hey, don't be hey, too hard on Nickelodeon. I, you know, Craig, I, I'm Craig's very like it. Yeah, I'm very I'm pro like, Craig. Yeah, I, I was nervous because you know Brandon doesn't know Craig, and you know, hey, you know, Craig and I've talked and had conversations, but we. We've gotten to know each other a lot more because we're talking more each week to this podcast. But man, we've Craig's flipped over a side of interest. I, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> I, was, I want to go watch some iCarly or uh, you know something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Craig working from home. He's just sitting there doing stories while watching Nick. I, I, I've I'm been like writing to... about this terrible crime, and I'm like watching like Nickelodeon or something. You know. Now, now I wonder why, uh, Craig, I get to optimize some of, I mean, Brandon, I get to optimize some of Craig's stories, and I wonder why half the stories have Nick references all over the place. I'm like, what does iCarly have to do with a Fremont City Council meeting? What's going yeah. on? Right? Yeah. He's using SpongeBob SquarePants phrases. <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. What's going I, on? I feel like I've got to take this challenge now on whatever I write today that I need to. Uh, I think I'm writing about CARES Act stuff. So maybe I need to incorporate, like, uh, you know, they're hoping not to, you know, slime it away or something. I got to put like a Nickelodeon reference or something like that. Or, you know, we got to try to fit that in somewhere and make it, make it organic. But uh, I think we'll try that. I'll try, I'll try to do that today. As my dog attacks me yet again, so look out, Gannett. <laughs> Dave Yonke, the editor of Fremont. Look out, Dave. Oh, what a day to look forward to, Dave. It's going to be great. So, <laughs> yeah, he'll well, love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for a uh, yeah longer podcast. Like I said, we went a little bit short yesterday. Had some work assignments and had had three stories. It was kind of crazy day yesterday, but hey, we're back. Thank you for checking in. Um, check our sponsor. Check out Chase Bank. Uh, use the link there. Uh, you get paid. It's fantastic. And check our other sponsors. Share the podcast. I, I was telling uh, Craig called me yesterday. We were talking about some podcast stuff, and I was telling him I love the fact. I mean, we're I think we're at 117 likes now, uh, Brandon. We're doing really well. Um, but share the podcast if you're digging what you're hearing. Uh, hit that share button and share it with your friends too. Um, we're happy about the growth we've had. We want to keep it going. So uh, check us out tomorrow. I think Rachel Coyle from How Things Work at the Ohio State House. It's a really interesting Facebook um, group out there. I think she'll be our guest um, on our interview segment. And tomorrow, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about. But, again, the news has been crazy. I'm sure there will be a ton of things breaking today. That'll be good to talk about. So, Brandon, Craig, anything you want to shout out before we take off? Well, don't be afraid to comment about us talking more about Nickelodeon slime. Um, maybe if Nickelodeon covers the uh, protest, we can have, like, slime cannons or something at the, the Statehouse protests. 
maybe make it less violent. Right. Yeah, you can't, you can't not laugh at if someone gets slimed. So maybe we just need to slime one person there, and everybody will just yeah. calm any nerves, and it'll just be a good fun protest. You know, capital police are just like uh, they're, they're not armed with weapons. They just got pink, uh, uh, green slime to yeah. on protesters. Like, yeah, they've got slime or you're getting slimed. And then issues are being broadcast live instead of like ten TV or whatever else is happening. We have the Nick crew, you know, the Nick yeah. crew from, you know, the girl, oh, they used slime on the protesters, you know, there's some bell Gideon. It may not be a fun. bad idea to have the Nickelodeon people come in and explain, you know, First Amendment rights and things like that. So maybe, uh, maybe we can have them come in and, and maybe talk a little bit about some of that stuff. The Constitution, yeah, young Sheldon could be popping up, you know, yeah. doing stuff, man. We'll, we'll see if we can reach out to his publicist, maybe. Somewhere at New York is. It, now that actually doesn't sound that bad. I mean, yeah. maybe I don't know. No, but yeah, get young Sheldon actor on here just to recite the First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> Believe then, me, I think it would be helpful for some people that maybe just don't quite understand the First Amendment. So trust me, I think it would be actually a pretty good idea to simulcast Nickelodeon with that. And the first pro-Trumper, um, you know, guy to get arrested or, or girl to get arrested. Um, at the police department, they'll be shown and then they'll be slimed at the end. It'll be great. <laughs> right. Well, maybe they could use it as like a if you want to don't want to pay your uh, you know your any kind of fines or fees, like just take a slime, you know, or here's your bond. It's getting slimed once or something. What what a world it would be! <laughs> I'm arrested for storming the Ohio State House, but if I get slimed, they get off for free. What what a deal! So. Well, it's interesting how we brought that all together. I wasn't sure how Ohio State no, House, yeah, Ohio yeah. National Guard, awful protests would go with Nick, but hey, we found it. It's good. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's enough Nick references. <laughs> Brandon, we got banned Nick for what? At least a month, right? <laughs> at least until we probably get a reference thrown in the Super Bowl, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, one one question, Craig. Please don't make this a Julie Andrews <laughs> like our Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. J- Julie Andrews, a, a famous face from uh, used to be a really popular topic on our podcast. And, hey, Julie, if you ever come on, we will talk about your Tumblr. So should be good. Well, hey, we gotta get going, guys. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you again tomorrow on the Ohio.